the hope we find in Jesus. It is not abstract. It is not just an idea. That hope is tangible. That hope is something that reaches to us, that we can touch, that we can feel, that we can experience for ourselves. Hey there, Evangel family, Pastor Chris here, and I'm so thankful that we have the chance to spend this time together again around God's Word, and thank you for joining us this Sunday for our services. You know, none of us could have anticipated that this would be what May 2020 uh, would look like, and as we've been weathering this pandemic and uh, the many challenges that we're walking through, I just want you to know how much your church family loves you, how much Mandy and I and your pastoral team and the whole staff and leaders here at Evangel we pray for you and we continue to stand together with you. You know, I want to just uh, continue through our series today. We have started a series last week called Hope Rising. And uh, thank you so much for much of the feedback that we heard that last week's message about hope deferred uh, ministered to many hearts and lives. And I just believe that the Lord is leading us each step of the way through this journey that we're walking through, that we are not alone, that he has a word for us. And I believe today the message that the Lord's put on my heart, it's helped me a lot. And my prayer is it will help you and your family as we're walking through this this season and this series together. So if you just uh, would take a moment with me, let's begin by just opening our hearts before the Lord in prayer. And wherever you're at, if you would be able to even stand to your feet and if there's someone around you, a family member or a loved one that you could take their hand, let's pray together and let's just ask the Lord to do a work in our hearts and lives. You know, here during this season, we have not stopped being the church. We are the church today as much as we've ever been. And now we have people gathered together in homes all across our land, all across our nation, even people right now watching from around the world and wherever we've gathered in his presence, Jesus promises that he is here with us. So come on right now, let's just pray and invite the presence of the Lord to be with us. Lord Jesus, we just invite you right now into our homes, into our lives, Lord God, into this moment in time. And we pray, Lord, you would reveal something in our hearts and lives as we open your word today. Lord, we need you in this moment, Lord God, to reveal things that we don't yet know, to remind us of things, Lord, that you've shown us in the past, and Lord God, to find a hope that will lead us through this season and root us in you. Lord, we just pray right now, wherever each person finds themselves, Lord God, that your blessing, your presence, your provision would be theirs, Lord God, and that you would fill our homes and our lives with your peace. In Jesus' name, speak to us, Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm so thankful again to be able to spend this time together and to look to God's word. I would invite you this morning to open with me to uh, the book of 1 Thessalonians. And it's an incredible uh, book found in the New Testament scriptures where the Apostle Paul is writing to a group of believers. It's actually a church that he founded and he planted. And him, Silas and Timothy are writing and reaching out to this group of believers. And there's so much love and there's so much affection that he shares for them. He has this uh, parental love because he was a part of helping start this church and being such a part of their lives, even though it wasn't for a very long season, many scholars believe, yet his heart was with them. And I want you to know as your pastor and as your, our team, 
team here at Evangel. Our heart is with you, church. We long to be together again, to be able to see each other face to face. I know for me, being a part of some of our small groups online and our men's ministry and uh, Mandy being a part of our uh, women's ministry online gatherings, that has meant so much to us to be able to spend time together. And even if we can't be together physically, just seeing one another uh, is such a blessing. So I would encourage you again to be a part of our online community so we can share life together and truly uh, love one another as the Lord has called us to. But here in 1 Thessalonians, the Apostle Paul, he's speaking to this group of believers and there are many things that he wants them to be aware of. There are things that he's trying to reinforce in their hearts and lives, things that he's caught wind of that maybe they're worried about, concerned about, some things that they have not maybe expected that are happening and now there's you know, alarm and great concern. And so he walks through the first book and the first letter that he writes to them, explaining some things with more clarity. And I uh, believe this passage today we come to, it's one that I'm familiar with and you might be familiar with, uh, is one that helps us understand how we can find hope in this season that we're walking through. Let's go to chapter four and look at these two verses that, uh, that come to us from God's word this morning. It says in verse 13, it says, Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. This passage of scripture is one that often I'll talk about at a funeral or um, as we are mourning the death, grieving the death of a loved one and as I'm walking with a family. And you might be thinking, Pastor, you know, why would we be sharing this verse today? Um, It's because we're grieving, church. I don't know if you're aware of this and maybe you had a chance on our social media platforms to watch on this past Monday. We had something new called Motivational Monday where we're sharing some different principles, uh, things to help you continue to walk out your faith and, and understand some of maybe the emotional toll this season could be taking on you. And we talked about the issue of grief and of grieving. You know, grief happens at a time of loss. Grief happens at a time when we experience death and in uh, our family or in our circle of loved ones, people that are close to us. And I want you to know many are grieving at this hour. So this word comes to us. For those that maybe are experiencing grief, perhaps you've lost a loved one during this season and that grief has taken on, um, you know, all kinds of new complications. It's become very complex, the grieving process. It's very drawn out. It's, it's been heart-wrenching to walk with families that have experienced loss in this season because grief feels different during this time where we can't hug and embrace one another the way that we would like to and grieve together physically as many would during a time like this. But I want you to know beyond that, there are many that are grieving and they don't yet know that they're grieving. Some of you today, you're experiencing some of the things that you're feeling inside because you're grieving. You say, Pastor, I I didn't lose a loved one. No one had died. But grief takes on different forms and many grieve loss in many forms. It's, It's all a part of that grief process. Grief comes from loss. And some of you, whether it's the loss of a job for students, the loss of certain seasons in sports, or maybe even the loss of a prom or or something along those lines, you're experiencing grief because there's loss associated with this season. And so as we are grieving, as we're walking through this season together, my prayer and desire as it comes to us from God's word 
word is not that we wouldn't grieve. We need to grieve. There is a loss that's happening right now, and God's word calls us and, and, and informs us on how grief is meant to happen. It's not that we're meant to just um, sit back and, and, and act like the good soldier and, and, and not shed a tear and not grieve. No, the Lord calls us to grief. He said, you can grieve, but grieve with hope. You know, it's so sad for those that are grieving that have no hope, but we're different. The Bible says we have a hope that can carry us through seasons of grief and seasons of loss. In fact, you know, the Bible says this to rejoice in Romans 12, 15. Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. Matthew 5, 4 says, blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. I want you to know that maybe you're grieving a loss of someone or something in your life at this season. The Lord is near and he says you will be comforted. As we draw near to the Lord, he can provide comfort. And as we can connect with one another and support one another and be in community and relationship together, walk with one another through this season, the Lord can provide for us even in our grieving. This past Monday night, I was a part of our men's gathering, which was incredible to have almost 60 men connected online uh, for our Monday night gathering. And there was one of our brothers that, opened up about a loss of, of their parent, their father, and in that passing, the grieving that they're walking through, and to have men stop in that moment and pray for one another, to mourn with those who mourn, it's so needed at this season. You see, at this moment, I want to give you permission to grieve the losses, church. The, the Lord wants to be near to you. He doesn't say just bottle all that up, but to grieve, but grieve with hope. How can we grieve with hope in this season? How can we experience the hope that the Lord would want us to have? What says it here? It says it here, we don't want you to be uninformed. About what? About those who are, have fallen asleep or have died is what the Bible's talking about here. But I would tell you that the Lord wants you to fill in that gap in whatever it is you might be grieving today. The Lord does not want you to be uninformed about what's going on in this season so that you will not grieve as those who have no hope. If we are uninformed, if we don't have the right perspective as we walk through this season, then it's very possible that we could be living with hopelessness all around us. But when we have the right perspective, there's a hope that's in Christ and in God's will that is available to you and to me. And today, I want to explore that with you. I believe this with incredible certainty that when we have God's perspective, it opens the door to that living hope being alive in us. That hope rises when we have God's perspective. Let me say that one more time. Hope rises. It rises up in your heart. It rises in your life when you have God's perspective. So today in God's word, I want to explore this a bit further because God's word speaks right here in 1 Thessalonians about the importance of being informed. What informs you creates your perspective. And if we'll allow God's word to inform this important moment in our lives, then we can receive the right perspective and hope can rise in our hearts and lives today. Let me pray that for us as we continue forward in this message. Lord Jesus, we need this hope in our hearts and lives we ask you today, there are so many voices that are informing so many parts of our lives, our world, this pandemic, um, the plans for the future, Lord God, the uncertainty around what reentry will look like and what getting back to work and in school and life will look like. But Lord, today, 
We turn off the news and we turn off the radio and we, we mute and silence the phone calls because we want to be informed by you, by your word, by your voice, by your Holy Spirit speaking to our hearts and lives. So Lord, we pray today that we would not be like those who are uninformed. Lord, I don't want to be full of news about everything everywhere, Lord, in void of your word and your voice in my life. I want to hear from you, so speak to me, Lord. If that's what you're praying today, come on, ask the Lord, Lord, speak to my heart. Inform me of what you want me to know. Give me your perspective. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Again, as I said, whatever's informing you is ultimately shaping your perspective. And the Apostle Paul was worried not that the people that he loved in his church that he had planted in this part of the world was grieving. He was worried that they were grieving without hope. My, my heart for you and my heart is heavy as you're grieving, as we're all grieving, as we're experiencing loss and the way of trying to adapt to this moment in this season in life. But my heart's heavy for those of us that are walking without the hope that God has available to us. And I really believe that as we lean in and as we understand God's perspective, hope can rise up in our hearts and lives and it will give us what we need to walk through this season with God's strength. Hope rises when we have God's perspective. So there's a few things that I want to unpackage with you in God's word about his perspective. There's two things as we, that we'll see that I want to hone in on that, that God's perspective reveals. And there's one thing that if you want to have God's uh, perspective, that it requires of us. It requires something. Two things that God's perspective reveals and one thing that God's perspective requires if we want to have it. So let's just take a look at that this morning. Um, you know, God's perspective, it reveals preparation. It reveals preparation. When we set our mind on things above, when we would just take a moment to say, Lord, I don't want to just see things the way that the world sees them. I want to see things from your perspective. Just as we said with see like Jesus, that we are wanting to see the way Jesus sees. It means we want his perspective in everything, especially in this season. You know, this week has been a week for me where I've really had to come to that reminder that, Lord, I need to see things the way that you see them. Because if I leave the news on for too long, if I receive enough phone calls from my mayor and my local government, if I'm just leaning in and I'm getting the perspective and getting informed by all of the news outlets and all of our leaders, and that becomes the lion's share of how information is coming to me, then I can often operate out of just the perspective of this world. And I tell you, if that's where I'm living, then it's hard to have hope in moments like this. It's hard to be able to get through. It's easy to despair. It's easy to feel hopeless. But the more the Lord reminds me that he has a perspective, it shows me reason to have hope. And that first area, again, is that God's perspective reveals preparation. That God is not caught off guard by what we're walking through today. You know, look here with me in John's Gospel, chapter 14. This is as Jesus is with his disciples and he's coming to the end of his life, his ministry on earth. And he's about to be betrayed. He's about to be crucified, nailed to a cross, killed for the sins of humanity. And as Jesus is approaching this moment of death, his heart is burdened for his followers because he knows how confused they're going to be when everything unfolds. He knows 
how much they're going to feel a, a sense of overwhelm and a sense of hopelessness. And so the Lord wants to speak to that point of trouble. And I believe today that Jesus comes and through his word and by the power of his Holy Spirit, he wants to comfort us in this moment and remind us of this incredible truth that the Lord isn't caught off guard and that he's prepared even for this moment. Look what it says here in John chapter 14, verses one through four. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house, there are many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Here's what Jesus wants to tell his followers. Listen, things are about to get very difficult and very challenging and very confusing, very troubling. But don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And to know that, that the Lord is a God of preparation, that the Lord is prepared for things that we are unprepared for. I don't want you to fall into the, the way of thinking, the lie that would make you think that just because we weren't prepared for it doesn't mean God isn't prepared for it. I believe this with incredible certainty in my heart and life. God is prepared for this moment in history. God is not uh, ill-equipped in heaven, unwilling to know what to do in this moment. He is prepared for this moment. He's prepared to deploy peace in exactly what we need at this hour to us as we look to him. So God's perspective of this moment is not one where we see that our government is trying to become prepared. You know, we want to prepare enough tests. We want to prepare all the right things so that it's there. But our God is a God who is prepared for anything in any storm. You know, even as we look at this moment, Jesus says, look, as I go to be with the Father, I'm going to prepare a place for you. No matter what happens in this life, God isn't caught off guard by it. God isn't ill-prepared for it. He is ready. He has made a way. He makes a way where there is no way. There are times in God's word where it seems as though God's people are in a hopeless situation, whether they're standing against the banks of the Red Sea, against the banks of the Jordan River, against multitudes, and feeling overwhelmed on every side. God is ready at any moment to meet the need and to lead his people forward. God has done it before. Church family, he's going to do it again if we can hold on to hope and trust him and continue to say, Lord, I trust that you know what you're doing, that you're prepared even for this moment right now. Do you believe that today? Do you believe that the Lord is a God who is prepared for any moment, any season? That's what it, it ultimately reveals to us as we look to his word. In fact, the Bible says in the book of Psalms uh, chapter 23 that he prepares a table before us, even in the presence of our enemies. That even in our most vulnerable times, that's a, that's a picture of vulnerability. In the presence of our enemies, what's God doing? He's preparing a table. In the presence of this moment, God is already preparing a way. God is preparing the way forward. For us, we don't have to feel cornered or hopeless or afraid. We can look to God and trust him today. And as we take on that perspective, the Lord allows hope to rise in our heart. Can you feel it, church? That's what the Lord does. 
So let's look to the next thing that God's perspective reveals. It reveals a plan. You know, God shows us again and again, he reminds us in his word that he has a plan. God is a God who has a divine orchestrated plan from beginning to end. The Lord knows the plans he has for us. I said it last week and I'll share it again. Jeremiah 29, 11, that comes in a time of incredible challenge and in a time of captivity, a time of hopelessness. God's promise breaks forth and it's so applicable for us today that the Lord says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. They're plans not to harm you, but to prosper you, to give you hope and a future. I want you to know today that God has a plan. I believe that from the beginning to the end that the Lord is not caught off guard. The Lord is not wringing his hands. The Lord is not calling meetings and hours and hours of meetings with the angels saying, what are we going to do? The Lord is all knowing. Therefore, he knows and he understands and he has a plan. And so my prayer this season and this week especially is, Lord, show me what it is that you want me to do in this moment, this week. What is your plan, Lord? I don't just want their plan. I want your plan. I want to get in line with what your heart is for this moment and for my life. That will change everything if we allow ourselves to draw near and ask God to speak to us. You know, whenever we allow ourselves to draw near to God, it makes all the difference. You know, I want you to realize something about your perspective, that your proximity determines your perspective. My proximity determines my perspective. What I allow closest to me, what I allow closest to my life, what I put in the forefront of my face and and, in my eyes each day, it determines my perspective. It informs what I think, what I feel, how I believe. My proximity to certain things, to different kinds of elements, it will ultimately affect my perspective. You know, I've thought about these pictures. Have you ever seen them? Where you have someone that's standing and they look like they're taller than the Eiffel Tower. They look like they're putting their finger on top of the Washington Monument. And if any of you have been there, you know that that's not possible. So how is that possible? It is an optical illusion. I want you to know the enemy of your soul, he is a master of optical illusions. He will try to bring things so close to you. And the closer they get, the bigger they seem. And the further away certain things are from you, the smaller they seem. And there can be this moment where if your proximity gets wrong, it gets out of place, then things that are really big seem really small and things that are really small seem really big. I can hold a small dime in front of my eye and if I get it close enough, it can block out everything else. I want you to know that in this season, what's getting closest to you, what you're giving most of your attention to, it is going to seem biggest in your life right now. I know all we could hear about is COVID-19. It's amazing how a small, small virus has brought the entire world to its knees. And I know that back when it was on the other side of the world, it seemed so small. And it didn't seem like, it seemed like it was miles and miles away. We, we weren't even thinking about that. Now it's all we can think about. It's informing so much and it's, I know for so many of us, affecting our perspective. But I want you to step back for a moment and I want you to ask yourself, who's bigger, this virus or the God that created the heavens and the earth? We know that God is greater. We know that God is bigger. We know that his name is higher. We know that God is able. And yet in moments like this, if we allow ourselves to, we can get into this mode of thinking where this 
uh, crisis and pandemic seem so big and so overwhelming that it's bigger than anything else in our lives, that it has so much control. But it's in moments like that that I have to be reminded who is in the boat with me. The storms and the challenges and the chaos can seem so big, but the God I serve that's near me is even bigger. And when I'm reminded of that, when I'm reminded of his presence, whenever I draw near to the Lord, whenever I surround myself with his word, with his presence, presence with his life then it changes everything for me you see proximity determines ultimately what your perspective is and if i'm spending more time listening to the voices of just my leaders and i'm not discounting that in any way it's so important to hear that but i would encourage you hear that in proportion with hearing from god and if that gets out of balance if i'm only spending minutes a day or a week hearing from God and hours and hours and hours hearing from everyone else, then it's easy for my perspective to become distorted. It's easy for me to be informed by the wrong things in operating without the hope that God wants to give me. What's the answer, pastor? Draw near to God. Draw near to the Lord and the Lord will draw near to you. That is what he promises. And in his presence, we find everything we need. If you don't know what to do in this season, God is the God of all wisdom. Look what it says in Proverbs 24, verse 14. It says, know also that wisdom is like honey for you. What we need is not just news and information. We need the wisdom of God in this moment. We need to hear from God on how we are to live, lead, make decisions, and choices it says like honey to you if you find it there is a future what hope for you and your hope will not be cut off some of us our hope is cut off in this moment because there are so many other voices that are drowning out the voice of God who wants hope to rise in your heart, who wants to inform you with his wisdom so that you won't grieve and suffer and be anxious as the rest of the world is without Hope, the hope that we have in God. Hope rises when we have God's perspective and we only can get God's perspective if we're in God's presence. His presence is the place that produces and cultivates the right perspective in our lives. So God's perspective, it requires something of us. It reveals many things, that he's prepared, that he has a plan, but it requires time with him time in God's presence. And the more we draw near to the Lord in this season, the more he'll reveal in our hearts and in our lives how he will lead us through this season. You know, Psalm 23 is one of the most vivid and beautiful reminders of the power of God's presence, the power of what happens when we truly draw near to God and we walk with him each day. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. So I don't even have any wants. He takes care of me. So I trust him. If that's your perspective today, that the Lord is your shepherd, then it changes everything, doesn't it? But as we get to verse 4 of Psalm 23, it says this, that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. 
Even if I walk through what? The valley of the shadow of death. For some of you, you would describe this season of COVID-19, the valley of the shadow of death. This is the darkest valley I've ever been in. But what does God's word say? When we have his perspective, when we're in his presence, it says, even though I walk through this valley of the shadow of death, I fear nothing, no evil. Why? Because you're with me. Because I know, Lord, that in your presence I am protected. In your presence I have joy. In your presence there is peace. In your presence there is hope. I'm reminded of in your presence who you are. That's what I want you to know. We're reminded of our identity when we're in God's presence. We're reminded of his love. We're reminded of his care. We're reminded of his power. We're reminded of of everything. And it changes the way we see everything. Because here's what I want you to know. If God is with you, then what can be against you? What can overcome you? What do you need to fear? And the Bible says if God is for you, which we know he's for you, he loves you then who can be against you? Today, I want you to be reminded of this because this is the pathway to hope rising in your heart. If you'll allow yourself to regularly get in God's presence, hear from him, and be set free from the things that can hold us back in this life. God's presence is the only place to find the right perspective. Would you bow your heads and your hearts with me today? And I want to pray with you. See, for many of us today, we've, we've been overwhelmed with so many voices, so many things that have captured our attention and focus at this hour, so many unknowns, so many plans and preparations that are unfolding and, and half prepared and not fully uh, communicated yet. And it creates so much anxiety and frustration within us. But Lord, today we come to you and we're reminded of this truth, Lord that your perspective is higher, it's greater. And today, Lord, we choose to just come in line with your word and see things as you see them. And Lord, we're reminded that you're prepared, that you have a plan, and that your presence is now available to us. So today, if you're here and you have a relationship with the Lord, I want you to draw near to him. But today, maybe you're listening and you know in your heart there's something off. You feel God is so far from you. And therefore, if he feels very far from you, you might feel very hopeless at this hour. As your heads are bowed and eyes are closed and you're just contemplating this moment, I want to invite you to make a decision that will change your life forever. Make the decision to get your heart and life right with God. You see, it says that those who have fallen asleep, those who have died, there's a hope that's waiting for them on the other side. If we believe Jesus rose from the dead, that he died for our sins, that we've committed our whole lives to him, then we can have peace even in that moment because Jesus has gone to prepare a place for us. And even when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even if we feel death is knocking at our door, we don't have to be afraid because we are right with God. And today, if you're not right with him, I want to give you the opportunity to make a decision to give your heart and your life to Jesus to pray this prayer. It's so much more than a prayer. It's a commitment of your life. It's a confession of your sins. It's a determination that you're ready to come back and get into relationship with God. If you're ready to do that, say this prayer with me from the bottom of your heart. Dear Jesus, 
I come before you today. I know that I've sinned, that I've made wrong choices. And today I turn from them. I turn to you. I believe that you died and that you rose again to forgive me of my sins and give me a brand new life. And today I commit to follow you all the days of my life. Lead me, Lord, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me pray for you. Lord Jesus, I thank you for those that made this decision. Lord, may this living hope now be theirs. May forgiveness now be theirs. May this new life now be theirs, Lord. And would you comfort us, Lord God, with that knowledge? Would you fill our lives with hope, Lord God, the joy of your salvation, that you've saved us, that you've redeemed us, and that you've set us apart. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Look at me right now. If you just made that decision, I'm so thankful for you. I'm so proud of you that you've made this decision to turn your heart and your life to Jesus. And I want you to know you are not alone. I made that decision a long time ago and many others that are watching with you today have made that decision. And the greatest thing that I did after making that decision is I decided I wouldn't walk the journey alone and we want to walk with you. And so we have a book that I'd love to put in your hands. It's called Following Jesus. It's seven steps to begin a relationship with God. This is a free book we are going to send you digitally if you'll just let us know. So text this number, 908-325-5163. Just text the word Jesus or click on the link in any of the places you might be watching this. It will be a link there right in the chat. Click that link, let us know, and we'll send this right to you. For the rest of us here at Evangel Church family, my prayer is that today you and I could just be reminded that Jesus is our hope, that we have this hope and we now knowing God's perspective, being reminded that he is prepared, that he has a plan, and that he invites us into his presence, that the Lord will change us and transform us each day. Let's continue this week to spend daily time in God's presence. Let's make sure we are realizing how much time we're giving to the Lord and how much time we're giving to all these other voices. And today, if you're feeling hopeless and afraid, draw near to God and the Lord will draw near to you. Let me pray for you today as we prepare to close out our services. Lord Jesus, thank you so much that you are this hope in our lives. Pray that you'll speak to us today in each day, Lord God, and remind us to see things the way that you do. Give us your perspective of even this season. Remind us, Lord God, that you're prepared, that you have a plan, that you're working. And Lord, give us rich, beautiful moments in your presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you, church family. We love you and we'll see you soon.